Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I shoot my shot, I hit my toes. 187, that's Andrew Cole. I shoot my shot, I hit my toes. I let man act like they don't know. Check my record and learn that code. 187, that's Andrew Cole. Murder a beat, I'm cold. I link up with bro, that's I did it like Andrew Cole, I just do my thing, I don't need to talk I shoot my shot, I hit my goals, I let man act like they don't know Check man's record, I learned that code, 187, that's Andrew Cole Murder a beat, I'm cold, when I link up with bro, that's I did it like Andrew Cole, I just do my thing, I don't need to Middle with the field and check like scores, but I still grind and chase man's goals When I get a chance, man's veins get cold Hello and welcome to another episode of Moga. I'm joined this week by Reams, how's it going Reams? Good, bro. Good. Good to have you on and also joined by Akka. How's it going, Akka? Yeah, yeah good, bro. Good, bro. Great yeah, we've been, we've been dubbed the miserable boys. How, how do you feel about that <laughs> moniker, lads? I'm realistic. I don't know about anybody else. They're realistic, boys. Shit to smile uh, about, for real, sporting the team, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Before we start, I've got to do the usual um, plug the socials. Uh, if you're listening and you're not following us Twitter on the Twitter, please give us a follow at TLF underscore Moga. Uh, I don't usually tweet from the account, but I did today, being Monday. Had a couple of listeners who I can only assume are from West Africa hitting me with Bruno Prop for the vast majority of the day. Thank you for that. Really made my Monday. Um, we also are releasing the beta uh, of Underrated. I say we, it's Dan Soft. Um, the beta version of Underrated. If you've used Underrated or heard about it before, it's... Uh, app which brings the football community together if you're big on finding emerging young talents comparing talents being able to say to your friends i heard about that player first so you know kind of what the bedrock of football twitter is you want to get on the underrated app to get on you need to be on our discord i will attach a link to the discord when i release this pod in the morning so if you're listening to this there'll be a link in the podcast if you want to sign up and get onto underrated anyway with all that being done Home game, Fulham, right? We're coming in in fantastic form. Uh, what the hell could go wrong? Uh, I'll start with you, Reeves, obviously, with the, the news firstly that Rasmus Hoyland was out for two, three weeks with, I believe, a muscle injury. How did that hit when you heard? Oh, mate, it hit like... Remember, you used to watch wrestling back in the day, yeah? I did, yeah. Remember when the big show used to get his opponent in the corner and he's go, shh. <laughs> the whole crowd used to go quiet and he used to slap them in their chest with his hand. Yeah, I remember his chest slap. Yeah, that's how it hit me. That's how it hit me because I was like, listen, see with this team, yeah, as soon as they give you like a glimmer of hope, that's it's the hope that kills you about this team, you know, like listen to the name of this podcast, Make United Great Again. <laughs> it's the hope that kills you because we had a little, we had a little run going, was it four wins on the trot? Right. Our front three was firing. Hoyland is finally in some good form. Right. Bam, Sandro goes down. Mm. Peak. We've been without him for most of the season. Maybe we could we could cope. Luke Shaw goes down. Right. You're like peak. We don't have no. We have one full fit fit fullback in the whole squad now. Right. And like cool. We got experience at the back. Maybe we could hold it down. Then our only striker goes down. And now you're thinking, who do? What's the options? You have a 21 year old winger who's been basically injured for half the season and frozen out. And then you have a 19 year old attacking midfielder who hasn't played any pro football so you're thinking all the little goodwill or good vibes you built up over the next few weeks it only took 
10 days for shit to start going bad. And yeah, that's how that news hit. It's, it's only right. We're also joined by esteemed gentleman Gaz. How goes it, Gaz? I couldn't miss this one. I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't. Appreciate any, it, any chance to step on Ten Hag's um, grave, I'm there. Ah, I wouldn't, wouldn't have it any other way. Uh, myself and Gaz have recorded a Patreon piece uh, talking all things Dan Ashworth. When you're listening to this pod, that will also be out on the Patreon. So if you're someone who wants to sign up as a patron, uh, that will be on our Twitter page too. Anyway, as we were talking, regularly scheduled programming. Akar, going into the game, you, you saw the lineups. You saw Amari Forson up top. You saw Rash, uh, Amari Forson on the right, Rashford up top, Garnacho on the left. That lovely midfield free of Bruno, Casemiro and Kobe Mainu. Uh, and then you had a back four with Victor Lindelof at left back, Maguire and Varane at centre back, Dallo at right back, and Onana in goal. How did you feel, my friend? Um, I was a bit gutted that I'm, ha- I'm happy for Forsen that he's starting games, but mm. I mean, what does I'm, I said a few months ago on the pod? I don't think he's going to give Ahmad minutes, but this is really bad. I mean, this is really, really bad now. He's literally giving him next to nothing minutes. Um, he just quite clearly doesn't rate him as highly as Forsen. I don't know whether that's a training issue or a preference or whatnot, but that was kind of a kick in the teeth to me because I thought Ahmad might finally get a start, but mm. who are we kidding? Do you not think that the trans- uh, the contract transfer, the contract issue plays a part? I don't even know if it's going to work, to be honest, but obviously he, he supposedly rates Forson, contracts expiring this summer, he hasn't signed a new one, and he's really trying to make that impression on him that, listen, if you stay here, there's a future for you. And we know Ahmad's got a year left plus an extension if the club wants to. So it feels like bad timing for Ahmad. Because one thing yeah, I just have... yeah, but the whole of Ahmad's tenure at Man United has felt like bad timing. Like he's clearly mm. never got, got the respect of the managers that have been managing the team. He's never got the real amount of minutes he should be getting. And I hear mm. the contract thing, but for me, like it's I think stylistically, it's a preference thing as well. Like I, I know Reeves has seen more of Forsen in the Academy, but Ten Hag has got no intention of playing, you know, I touch, you touch, ball, whatever. It's quite clearly transition, you know, get quick players on, get at the other team. And I just feel like he's got a preference for Forsen over Ahmad. With Ahmad, you feel like he's going to take a touch or two. He's going to be technically sound. He's going to try to link up, slow the game down, speed it up again. And that's just not Ten Hag's cup of tea. Like, it just seems like he put Forsen in and he prefers Forsen quite clearly now for that reason that he's going to be direct and he's going to give him, he's going to give Ten Hag what Ten Hag wants from this team. But that is sad to see because, one, it's not going to give Ahmad a fair shake for me and he deserves more minutes and he's not going to get them. And secondly, that's not the kind of football that we were sold on. Like A big reason Ten Hag got the job was for the style of football, I feel. I feel like that was the only reason he got the job over all of the contenders because he was going to bring this kind of brand of football that we wanted, this possession-based, dominant, passing football that we had seen on show in Ajax, in his first team at Ajax. And we felt we were going to get that. Instead, we've just got some kind of hybrid of Jose Oliball. And it's the same as the last 10 years. Like It's the same dire, drastic football that we've seen. Um, so I wasn't happy with that force and inclusion. And with this Lindelof left-back exp- uh, experiment, he can't play centre-back at the best of times. Why are you sticking him at left-back? Who, else is, who else is fit? Well, he's played Amrabat a few times at left-back this year. and uh, you know He's not done amazing, but he's been decent. And quite clearly, Amrabat can do a shift. At left back, and that's all we need. But I, I would personally have uh, Amrabat over Lindelof at left back. Boy, we'll, we'll speak on Amrabat and his lack of use because I thought he could have brought him on in a different role on on Saturday. Yeah, I mean, he's got his uses, and he's just not using him now. He's like, he's just said, he's just said, "Oh, you're crap. You're going back to Fiorentina in summer." He knew what he was signing, and he really went out of his way. And we paid a fee because we weren't going to look to sign him at the end of the loan. So for all of that to happen and then for him to get in and not really play, especially when Casemiro running around like he's 60 years old, is truly bizarre. And I think Amrabat's, Amrabat's been solid as well. I don't think he's been bad. I think yeah, he's, he's not been amazing. Like, yeah, he's gonna, been solid. I ain't going to cry if he goes back to Florence or, what, or Fiorentina, but... Um... He can put a shift in. He can do a job at left-back. He's clearly done a job at left-back for us at the start of the season in September. He could have easily played against... I'd rather have Amrabat playing left-back uh, than Lindelof. I'll be honest. I'll die on that hill. So I'd, I'd, no, I'd, you don't I'd, need to die, brother. It's all right. <laughs> I'm already <laughs> dead, man. They've got me dead. <laughs> Guys, you, you watched the game on, on, on Saturday, bro. Um, what did you see? Because, obviously, I, I know very well at this point that you're just 
biding your time till Ten Hag is out the door. And I think when that finally happens, you're going to lead the procession. But what did you see on Saturday when you when you watched that game? Um, a lack of a lack of tempo in the passing, um, and that goes for almost all the players. It was very ponderous. I think having Maguire and Varane does set us back 10, 15 yards anyway, which is something we've spoken about on this pod before. Um, in comparison to having someone like Martinez in there, having Luke Shaw, uh, yeah, having Luke Shaw, um, we're allowed to be able to push up as a team a lot more, which then you would like to think would um, apply pressure on the other side or keep them camped in their own half. Um, issue being, we don't really retain the ball. Another conversation. Um, Casemiro, do you know what? He wasn't even necessarily bad, but he's just a walking red card waiting to happen, which is always scary. Um, but when he's not performing like he was when he first arrived in, was it like the October, November period where we started to really mm -hmm. see him flourish? He's a shadow of that. Um, and, and that was always like possible, I think, with him, um, just due to the age, the amount of miles he's done in terms of his career. And if you look at his body, he doesn't look like he doesn't look like the fittest player going anyway. So I think that was always liable with him. Um, right. Bruno Fernandes, uh, <laughs> have you guys this? You haven't discussed him yet, have you? No, we haven't. You 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 caught us right at the start. Um, we can discuss him, but I was saying to the guys like on the Mugga account today, I was, I was fighting. I was fighting um, inquiries from. West Africa in regards to how we cover Bruno Fernandes versus other players in the team. So we can talk on Bruno. We'll, we'll what, was, get... what was said? What was said about him? Uh, we're not fair with the amount of criticism Bruno gets versus the amount of criticism we give Rashford. And secondly, that us complaining about how well Bruno retains the ball uh, and his pass completion and his decision-making, that's not his job. And he's given a free role and he's meant to take risks and blah, 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 blah. We don't understand. I, I, I agree with certain aspects of that. He is supposed to take risks. We want the purpose of, ha of having any footballer on the pitch, let alone creative players, is to take risks. Uh, Reams comes from a footballing background. He gets it as well. Not to patronise anybody, but like... As somebody that works in football, I, I encourage all players to take risks. But for the example of him taking a risk was that that pass he attempted across the field where he tried to cut across the ball and completely mishit. And it was like, that just wasn't the pass to make at that time. Especially, I think, in that period of the game, um, we weren't really getting out of our half and we just needed someone to get their foot on the ball. Yeah. Keep the ball that's, not his, that's not his job, apparently. But he's say. a midfielder. That That's not his job, apparently. He's a midfielder, so it is. It's part, part of his job. <laughs> this is the, the thing that pisses me off with this Bruno thing, yeah. <laughs> Especially like you said, he tried to relate it to Rashford. Rashford is a forward. Rashford's job is primarily in the final third to create or assist goals. So if you're trying to create or assist a goal, you have to take risks. There's no other way. Right. That is a part of Bruno's job as a playmaker, but it's also a midfielder. So part of your job as a midfielder is to help your team sustain pressure. And you can only and you can't sustain pressure if you turn the ball over every single time you get it. That's my understanding, bro. Bruno gets the ball in more dangerous areas to turn the ball over than Rashford does. Rashford's getting the ball up front or out on the wing. Bruno's getting the ball. The example guys use that was in our own half. Yeah. Like in the left back position. Right. <laughs> and he's tried to hit, hit a first time volley across the, and he's turned the ball over and they're running right on our back four. That shit don't happen when you turn the ball over by the corner flag trying to take someone on or dribble or something like that. And you know what? Just on that one, bro, with the execution of that type of pass, because he's so um, he's so volatile with his execution, like there's sometimes he will pull it off. Mm. Like every two out of eight, he'll pull it off, two out of ten, whatever. If he had the KDB-like technique, in my opinion, of someone that would pull off those passes more often, I would have less of a grab. Because you have shown me you can pull that off often. In my opinion, Bruno hasn't shown he's capable of doing that consistently. He's capable, but not consistently. And I think that's where I call technique, is can you consistently deliver an action at a high level? He right. can't I do described that. him as technically inconsistent, decision-making bad, and his uh, temperament. I think I said he was petulant. And oh. even, worse, even worse when you're the captain. He, and he, he does have technical quality in terms of his ball striking. We've seen it. Yeah. The issue is, a smart football player knows what technique to attempt 
in, in, in a situation to make it the most favorable pass available. What Bruno did was the most difficult thing he could have done in that situation. 100%. Right. It was the it was the worst decision, and that's when we we factor in decision making, which his decision making is shocking, especially in that time in the game, which was specifically and, talking and, about. And his brand of football is all about high volume, high volume. Yeah, try the risky pass every time you get it, every time you get the opportunity, you're gonna make something happen eventually. Like you know what right. I mean? And then I'll tell you, oh, he created the big three big chances. It's like how many big chances? He created four big chances for the opposition by turning the ball over for no reason as well. Like. And and also, bro, just to piggyback off that, I'm favourable of taking risks, especially in the final third, which I think you actually said before. I might have misheard. Yeah, right. I'm I'm, I'm favourable of doing that in the final third. I have no problem when, with that. Yeah, when we're trying to sustain pressure or create an opportunity because someone's made a run in behind, you've seen the keepers off his line, wh whatever the, the the matter of the game is, I'm favourable of risk taking. That's what we want our best players to do. That's what we grew up on as kids watching the best players do that. Right. He is. He does it in the most stupid places, and that's where it becomes frustrating. So, if you think we're unfair on Bruno, you're gonna have to hold that one. I'm sorry. And, and, and the other thing about Bruno as well, and I'm sure many people are pointing this out by now, the reason why he plays the way he plays is because of his flaws as well. He's not athletic. He can't yep. carry the ball. He can't yep. dribble out of pressure. So, right. He tries to get rid of the ball as quickly as possible. Hot potato because... ball. Hot potato yeah. ball. Yeah. 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 He's not pressure resistant, boy. Fuck yeah. He's got he's got no interest in it. What, what the, the, the thing as well is like I'm all for taking risks, and I hear that, and we want that, and you want your creative players to do that. But Bruno's not in a good moment at this. You know, he's in probably at his worst form. For, I, I think for me since he's been at United, because even his numbers have dried up. His players his numbers him. dried because he's not getting penalties no more. Yeah, brother. exactly. But he so he's at his worst moment right now in a, in a red shirt and. It goes back to what Fabian Delph said was when you're not in a good moment, just do the basics. But the problem is, like Reem said, this guy can't do the basics. He hasn't got that skill set. He's a high volume player, kicking the ball up the field, taking a risk every time he gets it. And he can't do the basics. And the team is suffering as a result. I don't know how people can't see that. That you know, the, um, the argument that Bruno fans will make is, oh, wait till you wait till he comes out of the team. Then you'll see who are you going to bring in? Mount, this and that. That's not the point. The point is he is being detrimental. You want to pull out the stats, but the stats show that he is exposing us on our flaws, even more so with his style of play. Like giving Bruno the keys is the worst thing Tanag has done. And I think I said it last year, like if he persists with that, he's going to get sacked. And he is going to get sacked because he's persisted with it. And last year, it looked like Bruno was in a better moment and he had kind of reined himself in a little bit. But this year, he's gone completely 180 and he's gone back to his old self. And this is the worst form of Bruno that we've seen. And if he keeps it up, Tanag's out the door. And... The team will never be a success with Bruno. That's just that's just a fact. Couldn't really say much better myself. Did you, did you boys discuss Forson? The inclusion of Forson? Did I miss that? Yeah, I did. I did it. Okay. Yeah. Why? Would no, you I was just intrigued by it because I read that he prefers playing between the lines. He's not really a quote unquote, yeah. He's a ten. He's a ten. Yeah, exactly. He's not a winger, and it was interesting seeing him used essentially as like. A right-sided midfielder when yeah, Aka was saying that he he feels like Ten Hag did that because he prefers like Amari Forsen style of play because he's more direct and whatever. But that's not really Amari Forsen style of play. Amari Forsen plays like a midfielder. Like he's you touch, I touch, isn't it? That's yeah, exactly. Right? So if you want someone that's going to be like useful in transition, it would be better to play Amari because Amari is better in transition than Forsen is. He's he's a better dribbler. He's quicker. He's more direct. <laughs> like so, so that justification wouldn't really make no sense. Um, I guess you could say Forsen like physically is bigger. Mm. So maybe he prefers like Forsen's got a more physical frame than Ahmad, but yeah. he's not quick. Ahmad he's not like, looks, a bit, looks a bit lightweight. Not to disrespect any sort of technique of visibility of technique and whatnot. He did look a bit like a, a bit of a small boy when he came on the pitch. I can't lie. I mean, yeah, he looks small, but like he's the same height. He's the same height as Pedro Neto. Like you know, what I mean, like he looks. That, yeah. I guess. I guess. I guess that's the thing as well. Forsen's like. 5'10", 5'11", long legs. Like, he mm. looks physical, like, you know what I mean? But Yeah, yeah. Tenard likes physical Yeah, that's probably why I was thinking, like, it would have been made sense for him to play, like, as the false nine. Because he's got, mm. we, we see mm. him do it against balls. He's got, the, he's got the nice frame to, like, hold people off. Right. Nice little, nice little tight technical ball control and whatever. Um, And, and you even you see, see, like, the few, the few occasions of force, like, there was, a, there was, like, a little play in the first half. I was literally just watching it. He had a nice little combination, a give and go with Dallo. Then he had another one with um Rashford, and he's got the ball and he's tried to like find Garnacho and he's just like he's just um, miscued the pass. But like that's that's his style of play, and mm. literally that's the style of play that like someone like Amadi loves playing with a guy like that as well. 
Like you seen when Ahmad come on, he tried to do his little you touch, I touch stuff with McTominay and McTominay just, he yeah. <laughs> didn't have it. Like, you know what I mean? So all of these guys on the pitch together really makes a lot of sense. Like, so I hope you get to see it eventually. But yeah, like when I seen that uh, forcing him to start on the right wing, it didn't make no sense because like, it's, it's not like starting Bruno on the right wing, but it's kind of like starting Bruno on the right wing. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, they're not all, gonna all, give you all, the primary like things that you need from a, a they, wide. They, they, really they're not giving you what Garnacho was giving you, and he's playing on the right wing, dynamism, running right. in behind, outlet, still, yeah. you know, carrying like all that kind of stuff. Like, right. But, and we ended up with Garno on the right and Rashford up front, which ideally, from what we've seen in in the last few months, we wouldn't want Garnacho on the on the left, and we wouldn't want Rashford up top. But exactly, so you're, you're, you're moving players into positions where they've been struggling. And out of positions where they've been playing well. So, yeah, it's annoying. But that's what one injury does to this team now. He's always yeah. done that, though. Tenag's always done that, I feel, in his time. That's the, that's, that's the thing that kind of turned me off of him. Like, he with me, it yeah, it's nothing new. If me, if, with me, if he was implementing tactics that made sense and the players just weren't good enough, they just flat out weren't good enough, you're like, all right, cool. Let's see if we could improve the squad. We need to improve the squad anyway, but I don't care, bro. These players are not worse than Newport County's players. They're not worse than Wigan's players. I promise you they're not. I promise you they're not. They're not worse than Fulham's players. Mm. There's no chance. So, when you're getting dominated by every team you play, no matter what team you got out there, you have to start asking questions about what these guys are doing on the pitch and what they've been working on in training. And that goes that goes back to the coach. Right. So, bro, like, he, 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 he doesn't put players in, he doesn't put players in positions that suit their skills. And that's like the, that's like culture. Guys will tell you, that's culture in 101. You have players that have a skill set, put them in the best position to be the best version of themselves. You're playing Kobe Mainu, who's a first, second phase midfielder, as the highest midfielder on the pitch with Bruno and Casemiro behind him. Got turnover machines. It don't make sense. You're playing yeah. a between the lines player wide on the wing. You're playing Rashford, who's an outlet. Up top. Up top, yeah. back to goal, wrestling with centre backs. Like, come on, man. <laughs> There's a fundamental just poor understanding of the players and how to get the best out of them which is why i worry i'm not worried I, I, i'm not like necessarily so confident that if you give him loads of players that the products will necessarily be better i think we'll win more games we've seen that when you improve the quality of the players um the team is better but in terms of him putting together a cohesive unit he'll talk about it post game like you know we need to keep the ball invite pressure when they come out that's when we play because there's space but that's not what they're doing every game and you know what they say either you're coaching it or you're allowing it to happen man so which one is it ten hag man ugh Anyway, let's talk about the, the big moments in the game. So, 65 minutes, um, Calvin Bassey scores a goal. Um, what did you What did you guys think of this? Is there anyone that you're looking at that we could have potentially done better? Or was it like, you know what, I'm surprised it took them that long? Yeah, I'm just <laughs> surprised that we weren't 1-0 down before that first half. They were running right through our midfield transitionally. Awobi was having the pitch. To, he had the whole of Old Trafford to himself and he really yeah. should have scored before the 96th minute or whenever it was. Right. Um, with the goal, I would have to re-watch it. But to my knowledge, we just aren't really great at set pieces as a whole anyway. Um, I should have re-watched the game, but I didn't. So I can't remember if we could have done better with it. Don't blame me. But with, yeah, <laughs> what's that story? So don't blame me for not re-watching Yeah, sorry. I do apologise because it's something I should do. Um, but yeah, it didn't surprise me that they went 1-0 up. I do think... Um, Ten Hag, Ten Hag said that Casemiro going off kind of changed the game. And I was like, bro, no. <laughs> bro, did you not see what they were doing in the first half? I think, this he guy said that, I think he said we deserve to win. Oh, he's the biggest capper, man. Oh, he makes me sick. Um, he's a great liar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But this, no, the first goal didn't surprise me. I was surprised that it came from Calvin Bassey. Um, but again, it just speaks to, I think we're quite shit at set pieces as a whole anyway. And when we, try, when we lose the ball in our attacking third, uh, we're horrible transitionally. The, the 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 positioning of our players when we lose the ball is just as bad as when we're trying to create chances in the final third. Mm. Like when we're trying to break down opposition, like we are awful in our sort of organisation when we lose the ball, which I think is an important aspect of any side in the Premier League or if you're trying to be a, a team that's going to be dominating at, at the highest levels of the game. So yeah, that was that was hugely disappointing, but not surprising at all. Um, so yeah, that that's if that answers your question, I hope so. Yeah, no, it does. Um, we were then able to somehow make it 
one-one uh, in the 89th minute. Harry Maguire, he loved it, loved it absolutely. Um, <laughs> he should have so, scored earlier, shouldn't he? With the header, he missed a set. Yeah. He did, yeah. he did, he did. Uh, when it went one-one, I will be on. I thought we were gonna win. I thought it was gonna be another classic. Get the brakes beaten off us, but somehow just managed to get another win. And that um, a Wobi goal hit like like you said, Reem, that a uh, big show slap across the chest, right? Ericsson, can we talk about Ericsson's cameo? Ericsson hard substitutions are an absolute disgrace, by the way. And I they always have been. Makes them as like, um, you know, you just make default substitutions, not necessarily to like change anything in the game. It's just like, I'm going to bring this guy on. I'm going right, to bring let's, this... let, let, Let's unpack this, shall we? Yeah. All right. <laughs> so, Casemiro head injuries get subbed off. Cool. You bring on McTominay. That's been the, the substitution. You bring on McTominay, you drop Kobe Mania a little bit deeper, McTominay and Bruno as the eights. Cool. Normal substitution. You take off Amari Forson now, who's been your right winger. Mm. Um, now, bear in mind, you've taken off your best, like, jeweler in terms of, like, defensive. In a game where you're getting ran through in transition and you've brought on, like, maybe your least athletic midfielder as well. Taken mm. off your right winger, you've moved Bruno to the right wing where we know he's useless. So you don't have a right winger now. You don't have a DM, really. And you've got a, you've got a midfielder that offers nothing on, off the ball and like very little on the ball as well. You got a mod on the you got a mod on the bench. Like you've destabilized the whole the whole team now, a team that was struggling in the first place. Like what I want to know is what was the Christian Eriksen substitution supposed to provide? He hasn't been playing him, bro. He hasn't been getting DNPs. <laughs> Coach's decision. I don't Chris Nixon's supposed, supposed to be like, I mean, listen, okay, the back end of that game when we was kind of on top before we equalized and like before we conceded the second, like Fulham was kind of dropping deep, that like, kind of protecting their league. And then in a situation like that, Ericsson, because he can pass the ball, when there's no pressure on him, he can pass it. But like he's not even that he's not even really creative anymore. Mm. All he's doing is like a switch of play here or there, or he'll lump the ball into the box. Like, so he doesn't really add anything. Like, set pieces, cool. I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't. Ten Hag, Ten Hag makes substitutions like he's trying not to lose the game, but he does it when we're already losing. Like, when we're up 2 1, okay, being cowardly, fair enough. If you end up stealing a result, it worked. But when we're losing the game, why are you still being cowardly? It doesn't make sense. Yeah, I, I don't understand, man. He that transfer has been so bad. I always thought he'd just be a squaddy for us, would make up the minutes. But I feel sorry for him because I don't know what he was supposed to do in that game, especially when they brought Amada, um, Adama Traore off the bench as well. I was like, <laughs> he's yeah. gonna get one opportunity in this game, and we're not gonna be able to stop him, right? Do you think Maguire? You know, you know, they should have, but one of them should have taken him out. Ericsson right? should have, yeah, Ericsson should have. Maguire was on a yellow, he could have taken yeah. the red. He could have taken a red because going down to 10 men and just taking the one point is better than the outcome. But he's probably thinking, okay, if I get suspended, right. I'm going to be out of my team. Game, right? yeah, yeah. yeah, we're already down to our bare bones. And you know what I mean? Yeah. So I understand him. Ericsson should have 100% done it. It's like, those, those are so normal. I think I watched um, City a little bit later against Bournemouth and I saw Bernardo Silva do it. Normal. Like, like they were breaking, you just scrap, just hold him. That's that's how he defends. Just carried him along with him. That's the actual defensive ethos. Like, what are the to take him out? It's the actual tactic. No, it's actually a tactic. They sit down in their little auditorium room. They get it up on the big flipping PDA screen, and they and they discuss professional fouls as a tactic. It is. Yeah. That that like teams that dominate the ball utilize a lot because. You're going to get broken on a lot. So you have to stop those at the source. Don't even let it develop right, into a dangerous area. Into, yeah. uh, only us, yes, bro. Question for you, brother. Yeah, sure, man. Marcus Rashford, how are you feeling? Listen, he's not a striker, right? So when you play him as a centre forward, you know what you're getting. But starve. Like, starve. Like, you look at that last game against Luton, right, with Hoyland. It's a war. If you're playing up top for us, it's a war. You're fighting for everything. You're fighting those centre backs. You're battling. Rash Rashford's not that type of player, man. Like not not at this stage in his career, and that's not what we want. We want him facing the goal. So when we put him up top, I wasn't expecting much. Like he scored a couple of goals 
there last season, but they were the same goal, right? And we kind of complimented him on the fact that he was getting those easy goals, like one touch finish in the in the six yard box, right? When did we even get in any sort of scenario for him to do anything of the like? I think there was one opportunity in the first half where it kind of bobbled and he ran around the other side of the defender and it kind of got to it and then he kicked it wide. But other than that, it was a lonely, lonely shift. So listen, like we've said, it's it's not been a good season for Rashford. But yesterday, what did we do, man? We really didn't. We really didn't do anything. And that's again because people are onto Rashford. Um, that's not to absolve him of not playing well enough. But I have to have realistic expectations. If he's struggling in his actual best position, am I expecting him to put in a shift against Calvin Bassey and Tossin? No, no chance, man. No chance. Yeah. Does that answer your question, guys? Yeah, brother. I just yeah. wanted to temper. Yeah, uh, yeah. Temper, temper. Do you know who was? He wasn't amazing, but I've got to give him credit. Ganacho, he tries, man. I don't let this hear you hear you say that. This who's doing a lot. This who's <laughs> yeah, doing this a lot. This who decided, decided you don't like him, so that's it. Yeah, I heard you going crazy on Twitter today. Who? This uh, who was on Ganacho today on Twitter. Was he? I didn't even. I didn't even see it. Um, but uh, with me and Ganacho, I think again, you know what you said, Reams, in regards to. Uh, Ericsson, we've just got players in positions which they shouldn't really be in. So Garnacho, for where he is in his development, if we were a proper serious football team, he'd get the odd start, he'd come off the bench and impact games late on, but Anthony was a dud, Sancho's a dud, and Ten Hag doesn't want to use Ahmad, so he has to play game in, game out. And you have teething issues with any young attacker, so I, I, I think to like be on his case and like, oh, you're not the finished product and you're touch and you're did and all that kind of stuff is, I just think it's ridiculous, man. So I'm not really going to feed into it anymore. He'll so frustrate me, but that's normal, but I'm not going to feed into it. When he's out there, he tries, he gets the ball, he tries to go at people, he tries to make stuff happen. Um, can I ask him for much more when I'm looking around at others who are supposedly more senior, not doing more? I, I don't think so, bro. I really don't. Boy, um, yeah, I, I I agree with you. I just think he's been, I think he was he was fast tracked from when he was in the twenty ones. He was great. I think he was in the FA Cup run, right? The Youth Cup team. Yeah, he was. Is it Youth Cup or youth he was in? Yeah, yeah. Um, he was fast tracked ahead of schedule because of our deficiencies in as a squad. So he's ahead of where he should be in terms of squad placement, and we're now judging him fairly in terms of expectancy but unfairly in terms of the fact that he's not really where he should be in terms of a squad play- in terms of being a squad player rather than being someone that starts on a week to week basis essentially we're judging him on being a player that starts week to week when he shouldn't be a player that starts week to week so that's how I feel I feel as you said should be someone that starts one every three comes off the bench gets his gets his reps that way um but at the same time I don't think it's bad for him to be learning the ins and outs of the Premier League on a week-to-week basis and what is required to play in the Premier League on a week-to-week basis. Whether that means he's going to become a great player is a different conversation. Um, he has some tools which can take him there, I think, but there's still a lot of development to do, I think. Which I actually remember his youth coach speaking about last year, saying mm-hmm. essentially, technically, he's actually very raw and game intelligence, he's very raw. Came came from Atletico that way. Atletico, yeah, yeah. Um, and there's a lot for him to still learn, as we as we are seeing now. Yeah, I think you've you, you've summed it up really well. And I just think because of the state of the team now, like we have absolutely no patience for anyone and anything. It's the same with Hoyland. The, like I, I I don't I understand, and I'm trying to even train myself out of this. These players don't dictate their transfer fees, right? So players are going to, depending on how well the club who's buying negotiate, depending on how badly they want him, depending on how long is their contract, players are going to go for money that a lot of the time they're not worth. Case in point, Anthony. Case in point, um, Maguire, etc., etc. When you lump that price on their head, like, and he costs £80 million, and look how shit he is. It's like, I didn't ask to cost £80 million, brother. You you lot bought me, you know? Um, so I try and separate the two. But when things are as shit as they are for us now, there's no patience for anyone or anything. So I think the younger players take the brunt of that. A player like Mainu who comes in and looks ready, you know, 
when he when he has a, a underwhelming game, he'll get grace. But the guys who are raw on, you can say it's harder. The guys who are attacking and they're going against the physical monsters, the centre backs, the agile fullbacks. People just say, "Are oh, you shit, man? He's not good enough." And it's like, not everybody's going to be Cristiano Ronaldo, Wayne Rooney, Lionel Messi. You know, Cesc Fab, these top, top young talents that we saw. And some guys just need more reps, more time. So I'm trying not to get on this case, man. He he tries when he's out there, man. He doesn't down tools like other players. So what more can I really ask from the kid? <clears throat> cool. Um, <laughs> gentlemen, what next, man? What next for this club? Oh, Forrest? All right, but listen, listen. Go on. We're one step closer to salvation. Joy cometh in the morning. Ahmad's starting. It's not in Forest. Mark my words. Ahmad, yeah. He's actually. Can I tell you I know he's going to start? Yeah. Go on. And I'm going to plant this opinion down. I I know he's going to start. Can I tell you why? Because Forson got hooked after 52 minutes. Yeah. We know what that means. We've seen seen that before with Ten Hag, Palestri, Hannibal. We've seen it before. (laughs) And Ahmad. Ahmad I gave you your chance. I gave you opportunity. Tenard's ridiculous. I, 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 I think you'll continue to your forcing opportunities though, because obviously you know that we spoke on a contract thing. But um, yeah, and he brought Ahmad off the bench before he brought Anthony off the bench, so we know Anthony's in the mud. And like, we, 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 we've, we've seen Ten Hag, we've seen Ten Hag's recent comments on him. They're they're, they're very Sancho-ish. His recent comments yeah. about like. He knows he needs to be better, blah, 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 blah. Like, he's done. He is yeah, he's, absolutely he's, done with Anthony. The Wolves cameo, I'm telling you, the Wolves cameo cemented it. We've <laughs> never seen, we've seen, we've never seen sabotage <laughs> like that before. On my life, I've never seen sabotage. That cameo, but all, bro, that cameo is so bad. All you could do is laugh. Like, you see how you man are laughing? That's all you could do. You can't get angry. <laughs> That's what you're like. This guy's just shit. He's Ten Hawk saw, saw him give away the ball for the route for the Pedro Neto goal and said, fucking hell, man. And yeah. watch Pedro Neto yeah, but... do what we want from a from a winger, by the way. Yeah. 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 Pedro yeah, Neto, so... I watched. Yeah, go on, Reeves. A mod start against Nottingham Forest. I pray. I'm I'm praying to every deity out there that he balls out. Because if he balls I out, I pray, I pray. He can change the trajectory. Erasmus is back, he'll he'll play, right? Yeah, so like. I'm praying before the end of the season we get to see the Rashford, Hoyle, and Rasmus front three. Mm. It'd be nice to have Forson just in behind there in the number ten spot, but that Bruno Achilles. We need Achilles Bruno we need a, we need a yeah. hamstring injury. We, we need a hamstring explosion from number eight still, but it's not coming. But <laughs> he looked hurt. Is crazy. Every Sunday I'm still praying. He looked hurt towards the back end of the game. I mean, now he's gone. Now he was like, trying to get himself booked so he didn't have to play City. But like he no, was grabbing his legs. Did you see it? No, in the, in the, in the, in the, he was grabbing his legs. I was like, this is it, man. This, this, is, effect- this is better in, than a win. In, fair- in fairness to Bruno, he plays every minute of every game and we play a million games. So his like durability is actually ins- insane. It's mad. It's mad. So like right now, he could probably he, he's probably cooked. He could probably his body's probably cooked. He is, yeah. And he's and he's just playing through it. He plays like, for Portugal as well. Like he's played like yeah, five thousand like, minutes for the last three seasons. If it come out that Bruno's been carrying like a niggling groin injury for like the last six months, like I'd believe it. Yeah, <laughs> same, 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 same. Yeah. Yeah, I wish he'd just rest, man. But I guess skipper and skipper and all that good stuff. Um, so how do you guys feel about this? I don't even, I was gonna say race for top four. I don't even know what to call it anymore. Um Villa won, Spurs didn't play. Um their, so... game, in hand, their game in hand is Chelsea, which is interesting because that's that's quite <clears throat> a, that's not necessarily a foregone conclusion. You don't know what you're gonna get from Chelsea. Yeah, they're better and Chelsea are better in the big games as well. So um, we have 44 points still, 26 games, three points behind Spurs with a game in hand, eight points behind Villa. Um, and then obviously you've got the Arsenal, Cities and Liverpool of this world who are too far away for us to particularly think about. We've got City on Sunday. <laughs> Back into minus with goal difference, yeah? <laughs> Is that their place as well, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the odds are the lowest I've ever seen um for us playing city normally even when we're poor it's still like a three over two or whatever it's like uh it's like a 12 over 10 like think about what our starting lineup might be it's gonna be an honoring goal dello harry Maguire, varan lindelof again probably casimero is he is he a doubt is there any update i reckon he might be back he might be back i haven't heard anything yeah he's probably back in the pussy hole um, Casemiro, Menu, Fernandez. I saw mm. reports of I saw reports of um Brandon Williams. What is yeah, he still? Wait, he's not at Ipswich. 
Um, do you know what? Yeah, he hasn't played for Ipswich in a minute. And like, there's been some reports of like, I don't know if I say shit, if I should say the shit on this. Yeah, one. No, you yeah, probably should. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, but so I'm not even I'm not even sure if he's still on loan at Ipswich. But he came back to United, didn't he? For a bit. I'm sure he came back to United. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he came back in January, like or December, for an injury. Yeah, so I'm not sure if. I'm not, I'm but not I think sure he went back. I think he went back to Ipswich. I mean, yeah, so if he went back and we had to recall him, we'd have to get like a special right. um, dispensation. Dispensation, like, yeah, which they probably will reject or anything like that. So, okay. Yeah. So people were saying the same for Alvaro um, Fernandez. They're like, oh, why did we loan Alvaro to Benfica? Uh, Alvaro can't play because he's already played for he two teams. For two this clubs. Season. Yeah, yeah. Has he? Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. Damn. And I, I, I think from you guys who've watched him more, you've said he, he's definitely not ready, right? Um, so we're probably sparing him by not putting him through that, to be honest with you. Um, so we've got Nottingham Forest and we've got Manchester City. So that's lovely, lovely business. Um, we just, yeah, I think what I want now is losses, to be honest with you. I just want us to get to the end of the season and there's no sliver of hope. There's no run of form that allows them to go down the route of like, if we just give him some players and if we just back the manager, he can turn it around. I want it to be so bad that they're like, he just has to go. We have to start again, man. Like Ragnick, like Ragnick, man. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Apart from you lot coming in to tell me you coached a, a 3 nil when we... we that, lasted, that lasted like one month. <laughs> Them niggas started coaching 7 nil quickly, bro. I love you lot, man. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, Ragnick's coached a 4 nil. Oh, oh, fuck, I'm saying that after they seen that Pogba Bruno front two. Big man thing. I mean, they saw that Pogba Bruno front two. Oh my God. Football's fascinating. Lindelof, hot... Lindelof right back against Atletico Madrid in the Champions League. Yeah. I think the hot seat must be insane, man. Because the <laughs> thing these lot do sometimes, you're like, you can't, you can't be thinking straight. The hot it's seat mad, though. Be... It's mad. I, I was thinking about it the day, like, for the last 10 years, United managers have just done the wackiest shit going like when you need to survive you you, you do anything and everything no but like come on man they just do like create this crazy yeah fucking van persie rooney midfield jose ostracized pogba we've lived it all we've lived it all we really have we really really have we've seen it all We've almost seen the disintegration and some would argue we have of this great this formerly great institution and this this guy could be the craziest. I'm not even like might be recency biased, but he's you done so. Van Gaal's definitely crazy player. shit, man. He's played. He didn't play um, Varane at the start of the year over some right left centre back combo shit. Now he's out there putting anyone out there that can play centre back. He did like he's been on a mad one this year. As uh, can I just say as well? Yeah, like when we were winning these games against Luton, Villa, West Ham, I wasn't happy. I was so unmoved. Because no, was none of us were happy, bro. This was oh, gonna man. happen. Yeah, because we've been playing shit. Right. <laughs> we've been playing shit. There was no good football. So Rasmus was getting us out of the hole. Uh, essentially, Rasmus was doing what Rashford did last season. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Bailing is out. Exactly. And I reckon if he'd played on Saturday, we'd probably win. Like his presence, the form he's in, the confidence he has. Yeah, he would have on the left, Garnacho on the right, like he prefers. We probably win the game, you know. So it just shows you how dependent the team is on individuals at this point. And sorry, that that has to come down to the coach. Like Reem said, these teams that are playing us off the park, they don't have better players than us. There has to be some sort of integrity. And I think what drives me up the wall is his post game comments, where he'll be like, "We should have won, or we deserved more," or like, "Come on, don't insult our intelligence, man." Please, bro. Um, let's finish up with some listeners' questions, anyway. Uh, first one's from ZS underscore London. Sent in a question most week. Shout you out for listening. Appreciate you, brother. Uh, two questions. What do you think our coaches say to Bruno in film sessions when they're watching back games? <laughs> do you think, man? Do you think? <laughs> Go out there and express yourself. Kick it or feel, mate. <laughs> do you think? The thing is, I, 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 mean, I spoke about this in the previous pods. He's not looking for some kind of possession-based football. He's, they're clearly being instructed to get the fucking ball and kick it up the field to the attackers. And he's yeah, putting his... he, from the goalkeeper to the midfielders. Yeah, they're they're trying to get up there. They're hoofing it. So up like, there. they literally be, at this point. Like for a few weeks, I was like scratching my head. I was like, the man's saying he wants to play possession-based football and dominate and control games. He doesn't want basketball games. 
mm. everything I'm seeing on the pitch is basketball. And then I've come to the realization this fucker is telling them not to kick the ball of the field. He doesn't want they don't want to play possession based football. He, they, ain't, they ain't about that. It's literally Casemiro, Bruno, you get the ball and you just start lumping it up forward to the quick attackers and hopefully some individual brilliance and some last hit defending and we're gonna win games. Yeah. I think if he's not telling them to do what they're doing, it's an even it's, even, it's an even bigger problem. So if this is what he wants, do it to the best, do it to the highest standard possible. But if he's not te- telling them to do this and they're still playing this way and Bruno's still playing the same way, then there's even a bigger problem and he has no point. He has no purpose being the Manchester United manager, in my opinion, because he must be asking them to play this way, especially Bruno. He is. He is. Yeah, he is. Fair, fair. And secondly, looking back, should we have known the club was finished when our two options to replace Oli were Ten Hag and Poch? Ten Hag came with a big rep, man. It's like, this always happens. Like hindsight is a wonderful thing, but I, I still don't. I don't think he's. I still think he's a good coach. I just think he's lost the plot. He's lost his head. Yeah, in, he's lost his head. Current, this is what I mean. I just think he's lost it. That's what I was saying, guys. Like it's crazy how managers come to United and their heads are just kettled and they, they lose the plot. And like hindsight is wonderful, but the thing is, when Van Hal was impo- uh, appointed, I mean, um, I, I think most people were happy with it. A lot of men wanted Josie to come. You know. Oli was the one that was a bit left field, but he, he came on the back of results. People were happy with it. Even with Ten Hag, like, Ten Hag was my first choice. I'm not going to sit here. You know, I, you've got the tapes, you've got the pods. I was old for Ten Hag, but it's just crazy, man. Like, people come, we get first choice, like, and they go crazy. They literally go crazy. I think this is this is the power of a rotten institution, man. I think the the, the, the one constant with all these managers is Manchester United, you know? Um, well, that's of... what that's what Ratcliffe said in the in- interview. He said, for whatever reason, individuals have come to Man United in the last ten years, and they have failed, and that's because of the environment that is at Man United. So it doesn't matter how good they are as players or managers, the environment is set up for them to fail, and for them, you know, it's a rotting institution. It's decayed mm. and it's falling apart, and anyone that touches it, kind of like falls apart as well. So yeah. I think it's for the last ten years we've looked for catalysts. Like the Bruno signing, you know, he's going to change us. Oli's back and Ronaldo came back. We're looking for these catalysts. And I really feel like Ineos is the last roll of the dice. Like, mm. we're literally banking on it, like, this is the catalyst. Sir Jim, Sir Jim, Sir Jim's a catalyst. But if Sir Jim falls into that trap of being, you know, another one into the, the rot and the decay and being consumed by what we've seen the last 10 years, then there's literally no hope for this club, I'll be honest. Uh, no. I think you put. You, I think you put it really well, and I think what he's trying to do is remove everything that is supposedly causing that rot, and trying to get the best in class in to help turn things around. And he said it's not going to happen overnight. We know that. He said probably three years is a <clears throat> fair amount of time to wait. But I think you you sum it up so well there. Think about the last ten years. Who has come through this place? Either executive, manager, or even player and has left with their reputation uh, maintained or enhanced? Nobody, like... And it's mad, like, like when we when we hired Van Gaal, remember, he's won the league in every country. You know, he, he's been a success everywhere he's been to some extent. He got Holland to the, you know, the, last, the semi-finals and completely fell apart, completely lost his mind, literally, like... It's like the man had dementia, the way he was going on towards the end, like, the type of football he was trying to play. Mourinho's been a success, guaranteed trophies. All right, he got us some trophies, but they were mid trophies. Mourinho's never been the same since, you yeah. know. Even Ten Hag, like, and the thing is, like, what set Ten Hag apart for me was that he was a coach in his prime, well, mm. or should be in his prime. Like Van Hal was, you know, a bit of a dinosaur. Mourinho right. was, you could you could see the decline post Madrid. Oli right. was never fit for the job. Moyes was never fit for the job. But Ten Hag was, you know, the one, a man who's, you know, doing well in Europe, doing well domestically. Got a certain style of play. He's going to come. He's at the peak of his years. He's like, well, how old is he? 48, 50? Maybe about a bit older? 55. Yeah these, yeah, yeah, these are like his peak years. He's going to you know, really go for the next 10, 15 years. You're going to get the peak out of him. He's a well-seasoned vet, veteran. And he's just, he seemed like a novice at times. Like, and, you know, we're talking about the Man City game and it's striking to me because he, he strolled into England uh, a couple of years ago and we went to Etihad and we, we shipped six and he looked lost. And it was like, welcome to the Premier League, mate. But the thing is, that could happen easily on Sunday again. And he's, it just shows you, like, he's not 
learned anything. We're still shipping goals on the road. We're still getting hammered. He's not putting it right. We're conceding shots. We're conceding chances. We're not dominating games. We're struggling to score. Yet, it's the same circus every week. Yeah, it's nasty, brother. Um, <clears throat> next one is from official MKP. Why does Ten Hag persist with this three-man midfield shape? Um. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we we can't we we don't have an answer for you, bro. Um, yeah. Ruler of Gap. Did you guys see Bruno try to get himself suspended versus Fulham so he doesn't play versus City? Why are some of our fans shocked we lost to Fulham, especially since we've been playing the same during the five-game win streak, but we were just getting late goals? I think we addressed that. Uh, Vino Monti, another long-term listener. How is Klopp able to teach kids how to play a game plan, but Ten Hag needs a fully fit first eleven? <laughs> um, Liverpool have a, just a better structure as a whole. Not forget off the pitch, just on the pitch. There, they know. Well, to me, they know what they need to do, um, and they, everything just seems to be right. Like we're just not in a good place as a footballing team. Yeah. Um, so it's a bit of aura as well, isn't it, guys? Like I think Carragher made a point about eight weeks ago when he was really struggling. He said Ten Hag is going to get sacked because he hasn't got the charisma to turn this job around. And like, yeah, I get it. 100% agree with you. Liverpool are a much better run club in a much better position with the stability of Klopp for nine years. When you've been there nine years and the club the club is running a kind of way you want it to be run, you're going to get kids thrown on the cup finals. Like, Fergie did that. It's nothing new. Like, we've seen it at our own club. Fergie mm. would just mishmash any 11 players sometimes, say, go out there, minimal team talks. You hear about it and we'd win. It was that yeah. aura of Man United. Like, like, Fulham wouldn't even dare to... Like, let's say this game happened on Saturday, happened in the Fergie era. If we had equalised late on, we would have penned them back in and thrown the kitchen sink. Fulham wouldn't even dare to have gone for the winner. Do you get me? That's like aura. Because mm. they wouldn't even dread because they think, oh, we get picked off on the counter, United are going to score. So we're just going to sit in and take a point because a point at Old Trafford is good. But when you're handing out three points to everybody, Fulham had the bravery to go and win that game. It's the same thing with the aura. Like, I don't think Ten Hag has got the, the charisma to turn this around now. And that was one thing, if you listen to people from the Dutch media and from Dutch football, they did say, like, he's a great coach, he's a great tactician, but as a personality with the media and with his charisma, he is a bit dull, he is a bit uninspiring. And I think that's kind of come to the fore now. And I'd have to agree, like, he hasn't got that charisma to turn this around right now. Like, he mm. doesn't inspire. Like, Mourinho had that, Van Hal had that. Like, Van, Van Hal was cooking up some nasty stuff, but he had the aura and the charisma. He would still come out and you'd think, you know what? He's still giving it some. But with Ten Hag, like, it's the same interview on repeat every week. It's the yeah. same football. It's like, I just don't see him turning around at this point. Like, if he stays on in the job... language barrier plays. He's quite blunt with his 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 um his comments, isn't it? Like, I don't know, man. I'm, I'm really just struggling to understand how it's gone so so bad so bad man it's it's crazy um next one is from united cm 98 are there any cameos in history worse than that ericsson one yeah anthony at wolves yeah that one was unbelievable did you not watch that like by, by the end, when 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 like Fulham had everyone pushed back, like Ericsson was kind of like getting on the ball and like trying to make things happen. Anthony was actively playing against us the whole time. He every time he touched the ball, thing he did was wrong, man. It's up there with that Rashford one. <laughs> that, that one was crazy. Oi, Rashford, man! Jesus Christ. Um, next one is Chris U two ninety R. Anyway, Marshall can come back for one last game at the Etihad. <laughs> like last year, and score a few goals. So it's another 6-3, please. Also, thoughts on Branthwaite. So one ridiculous question and one proper question. <laughs> yeah, Marshall's cooked. Let's, 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 let's consult that to the scrap heap. Um, Branthwaite, I think Branthwaite is top. I think he's top. Um, I'd bring him in. I'd bring him in. 22 he's years old. He's left-footed. Left, left-footed, natural athlete, proper defender. Two-footed on the ball as well, which is like rare for a left-footed player. Lots to work with there. He'd be one of like if you're not looking for a young centre back, he should be one of the one of the guys at the top of that list. He's the kind of player as well. Like when United were at their peak, 
they just go and grab do you get me like yeah. this would be done like they would have signed him by february march like a little 30 million back in the day they come into old trafford in the summer it just feels like it's, it's a signing that united would have done if they were a well-run cl- club like i feel like he's a united level player and yeah we should be all over really no my only concern is that he's left footed so what does that mean for martinez do we rotate him or yeah. <laughs> um next one uh K Bork K one. Has a team ever got zero has a team ever gone zero for five in hiring managers like Manchester United have? I think we've answered that. It's it's the institution, brother. It's the institution. It's 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 like the managers it's not a- the managers as well. They've they've gone like three for seventy seven on sign ins. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they have, they have, but we've yeah, got them they're 0 2 when it comes to director, like for like CEOs for sporting directors or whatever, like role Ed Woodward and John Murray, whatever their job title is, they're 0 2 when it comes to that. Negotiators, recruitment, yeah, bro. Rebuilding facilities, like they're, they're, they're hitting a minute. The ground is done, the you know, it's, it's uh, all a mess. Uh, Jermaine. What's it going to take for us to see the promised land again? Uh, a complete um, rehaul of those in decision-making positions, I think, is what, which is what we're going to have to see. Our recruitment's going to have to improve uh, the decisions we make as a business operationally. So the players we're signing, how much we're signing them for, the contracts we're putting them on, the wages we're paying them, all that has to be revamped. But the first thing we need to do is reduce costs. And I saw an article today saying we're potentially looking to get as rid of as many as 10 senior players. Uh, obviously, a few are leaving on the, on the free end of contracts, but there's still a bunch that we're looking to get rid of on a free. And I think that's the best place to start. Get them out and then start to bring some talent in. I don't know where you guys stand. Yeah, all of the above. And then above all else, you could, one day someone's got to walk through them doors as a United manager and have a bit more about him than the previous five, six we've seen. You know, if you look at United historically as well, they've won 20 league titles. 18 are, you know, down to Busby and Fergie. They were like 30 years apart. You know, we might have to go to the 10, 15 years before someone walks to the door and brings that kind of, like, if you look at City and Liverpool, who Ratcliffe has said we're aspiring to, they've put all the structure and everything in place, great, but it's ultimately it's come down to Pep and Klopp being right. the men walking down through the door in that successful environment, but they have been the men that have come in with that aura to take them places where they want to go. So yes, I agree. Like everything you said is correct, hundred percent. We need that structure in place, but it's all if we want. Still ultimate, need the time. We still yeah, need the time. Ultimate success in the pitch is only going to come when we get somewhere with. with a, at one point, we should get it right by law of averages. Some man's going to walk to the door and revolutionize the club like Fergie and Busby did. And that's maybe once in a 20th generation kind of thing, if you get me, 25 that's years. A lot, lot of pressure there, Akka. Well, that's where we're at now, aren't we? Fair brother, fair brother. Lads, um, what can I say, man? This this has been the general mood for the vast majority of Mugga. Just disappointment after disappointment. As always, you, you guys show up and you make, you make it an enjoyable conversation about football. Uh, Is the sign going to sign again, brother? I believe so, bro. I believe so. I want to put it on wax. I, I'm all in on the Enios era. We'll see what happens. Either, either they succeed or I go bold. That's it. Say nothing, brother. Say no more. All right, lads. That's Listen, always... A mad yellow start against Nottingham Forest. Are you praying or do you know that? That's a Reams prediction. <laughs> and we'll be back we'll up. Just... We'll, 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 we'll discuss. We'll discuss. I've been something. saying it. I know Akko has been saying he's not going to get I was like, listen, eventually these bums in front of him are going to play their way out of the team. I hope it's only so long a bum could last. Like you know, you know, like one of these bums are gonna like that bum Anthony. He's already played his way out of the team. Obviously, Forson's not a bum, but he shouldn't be starting anyway. Right. Like (laughs) Forson and Garnacho are the exact same age, starting on either wing for Manchester United's first team. Like, let's be serious. (laughs) Let's be real. Life is mad, brother. It's absolutely insane. It's absolutely insane. Me and saying just through sheer logic and life, you know, Ahmad should get a game. He should get a start. 
what, honestly, what, what, we, what we need to happen is when he gets his opportunity, he needs the ball. That's bare pressure, but <laughs> listen, we need he did it. All right, when he came off the bench against them in that loss, man, I really thought that he was bright and that would give him more minutes. But yeah, Ten Hag gave Anthony one minute on his birthday, so you know where he stands with that, you man. Here, nigga, damn minutes, literally, literally. Mm. And they said, why? He's, like, he's cooked. He's, he's cooked. Yeah, he's gone. He's, he's selling it. He's selling it. Where's the 10 half goes? We're getting 10 million and we have to pay 50k out of his wages every single week. And I'll bite your hand off, to be honest with you. Good riddance. Good riddance. But lads, as always, a pleasure, man. Peace. Peace. I shoot my shot, I hit my goals I let man act like they don't know Check my record and learn that code 187, that's Andrew Cole Murderer beat, I'm cold I link up with bro, that's I did it like Andrew Cole I just do my thing, I don't need to talk I shoot my shot, I hit my goals I let man act like they don't know Check man's record and learn that code 187, that's Andrew Cole Murderer beat, I'm cold I link up with bro, that's I did it like Andrew Cole, I just do my thing, I don't need to Middle with the field and check like scores But I still grind and chase my goals When I get a chance, man's veins get cold Sports Social Podcast Network